0: Everything they could teach you you already are I just want to take a minute to acknowledge that vagina talks understands that gender is fluid and dynamic and goes way beyond the binary of either woman or man she or him, and that, in fact, it's a living and evolving thing that's actually personal, person to person, and that our bodies, even our understanding or the ways that we experience them can vary. It's important for me that that's something that has space here on Vagina Talks. And at the same time, I also am carrying this understanding that womanhood and the experience of the feminine and all of the female in the splitting of that binary has been injured, has been hurt, has been dismantled. And so I'm looking to have a space where the feminine and the female and the female body is reclaimed and respected and lifted and inspected and known, as well as a space that goes beyond the binary and that acknowledges that these are limited constructs, mostly put upon us, and that we're in the process of evolving into something more whole and more true. Just wanted to say that some of my guests will use incredibly binary language for whatever reason from the places that they come from, and I just wanted to let you know that Vagina Talks has a much wider understanding, and it's a living one, so feel free to chime in as we go along. Without further ado, today's episode. (sighs) Hmm. Hello, friend. It's Vagina Talks, and they call me Sophia Wisewan. I'm your host, and I am happy to be with you today. I am in October, and here in the Northern Hemisphere at the moment, we are in autumn. If you're in the Southern Hemisphere, you're in the spring shift. There's a couple things about these two times that have a lot in common. They are rapid times of growth. Spring is known for its rapid growth, like literal growth. It's the fastest growing season. Autumn is the harvest, and that is its own kind of growth. It's the growth or the... uh, transformation that happens off the vine. The harvest is about sorting. It's about discerning. It's about knowing what you want. I grew up really hearing seasonal wisdom. It is one of the anchors of Grace Louise Perkins, my, my mama. My Earth Mama here, she teaches. She teaches, she teaches, she teaches, 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 teaches this. She really talks about how the wise thing to do is to pick one thing to harvest, something that you want to complete by November 1st. One thing. One thing. December 1st, pick a date. But kind of depending, really the energy shifts and starts to go really inward in November. We really kind of dive deeper into those long nights. And so we still have a fair amount of daylight. We have this sun energy, this external energizing force. Even though the force is gathering towards the center or towards our own self, as opposed to outward expansion, it's illuminated and it's we have daylight hours to work. And so pick one thing to harvest. Many people, I watch this happen as I am uh, currently living with her in Philadelphia. We're in the project of downsizing and shifting. And I have a family member who's getting married who lives here. So I'm here in Philly for the fall and in family zone, which is a really rich, really, really rich zone. And so I've been witness to her sharing this wisdom with people. And I've been witness to people's ability to say, Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, one thing, right? Yeah, like overload, of course, like trying to do everything, and then nothing gets completed. And then, hey, yeah, you know, pick one thing. She says that way, when winter comes, and it just all slows down, that you can say, Oh, I brought in the harvest. I I brought in that one thing, I brought that one thing to completion. I've also watched people scuff and just roll their eyes and throw up their hands and go, oh, I wish one thing. I have two, I I have so many things that I have to get done. It's a really interesting response because although it sounds, it could sound, to me, what I hear, I'll say that, what I hear in that moment is this, oh, how luxurious it would be to pick one thing. I don't have that kind of uh, luxury to pick one thing. I have to do all of these things. What I know from my experience and what I know from listening to wisdom teachers is uh, there's real magic in in focused completion. I talk a lot about how the process never ends, right? Like the process never ends. We are always in a journey, always in a process, always. Uh, it just goes on and on and on and on and on and on and on. And if you're, you know, in my boat, I have no reason to believe that my journey ends when this body stops, it continues to go on and on. So there's no such thing as like an end, or maybe there's such thing as an end, but it's, it's, we don't really that's like not really a thing that happens. There is this miracle of completion, though. There is this experience, this knowing, this that's complete. There's a a closing of a circle. Right? And from that closing of a circle, uh a veer off and the spiral continues. Right? But there's there's a complete that can happen. The other element of autumn is in traditional Chinese medicine, this is our season of grief, our season of grief and gratitude. Grief and gratitude, it's like, say it with me, if you've been walking along with me, this is your moment. Grief and gratitude are what? They are both signs of acknowledgement. They're what happens when we really take stock of what is. Because when we come into deep acknowledgement of what is, we see what's no longer. We see the things that we once knew, not being here, that's change, that's nature, that's wellness, and that's also loss. It's not here. That's grief. It's also, for many of us dreamers and weavers, there's a, there's an acknowledgement that we missed an opportunity, and that may be a story that we get to lay down, but I know many of us are still struggling with that notion of like, another year gone and this thing isn't done, or another year gone, and I did this thing again. I just had that same argument. I just used that same tone. I'm so done with that tone. So there's a grief of a changed landscape, and there's a grief of a, a seemingly unchanged landscape. That's acknowledging. The other thing that happens when we acknowledge take a moment to take stock, right, is gratitude. How can we not? How can we not? If we're really taking in what's happening, we have our breath. We have our heartbeat. We have the potential of life. We have this... Experience of this massive collective, this earth body, this mystery that's beyond comprehension. And then for many of us, many, many of us, even in our struggle, when we really open our eyes, we can see immense beauty. And I know you, like you're listening, you walk with me, I know that you have cultivated a practice of clear seeing, even in times of turmoil. And so that may come and go. It may be more consistent now than it was, or maybe it disappears altogether and comes back, but you know what I'm talking about. It's the ability to see past the ache and see the beauty. There's a unity in that. And there's a truth in that unity. The other thing about grief that comes up for me is there's a kind of grief that we don't get to feel, we don't get to know and move through our body and our being. Until the thing that we wanted or needed, we experience. Because it wasn't grief before, it was hopelessness, right? It was an emptiness. It was a disbelief. It was doubt. That's different. You didn't know it. You didn't know it was real. You didn't know you could be unconditionally loved. You didn't know what that really felt like. You didn't know what having your needs provided for in a moment. You didn't know what a kind and loving touch coming towards you when you're prickly. You don't know what a loving, patient glance that says, I see you and you don't need to change. You don't know what that kind of relating feels like to miss it. Many of us don't even know how to dream it. And then somehow prayers are answered, miracles unfold, and we find ourselves in an experience that's even sweeter than we could have imagined. And so there's great gratitude, great joy, great celebration often in that time of like, whoa, dreams coming true. This is like even better than I imagined. Like, wow, you know, whoo. And then there's this, like, whoa, how much did I walk? How much did I swallow? How much did I accept? How much did I participate in? How much did I perpetuate that wasn't this? That wasn't love? And I orient towards relationships, but this is, this really is across the board any experience that you're having that is so spectacularly sweet. There's a moment, there's a kind of grief, and it. am not saying it always happens, but there's a particular kind of grief that comes along with the healing, the healed aspect, where you get to forgive everything that fell short. So I'm going to invite you right now to enter that into your being, into your area, into your fields, into your options, right? Into your ideas, landscape, possibility of like, yeah, can I, can I just forgive? Can I accept? Can I embrace? Can I bless what brought me here? to this knowing, to this experience. Because now you're here. So there's that piece. That's like a, a framework. And then there's the body piece. The body piece. I was getting a session today, and I was on the table, and this grief came up out of my body. It was an ache an ache in my back and in my shoulder and my arm and it kind of was like seeping like I had this dull pain to it and these very big salty tears coming down my face breathing and my therapist said to me, this body worker said I can't help but smile I can just feel the joy. And I said, yeah, that's the force behind. That's what's pressing this grief to the surface. There's this joy. There's this knowing. There's this peace. There's this calm. There's this fortitude. There's this confidence. There's this lightheartedness. There's this joy. Joy is the force, and it's pushing this grief to the edges. We can, you know, my thought was like, oh, I just had that cough, we should cut it. But actually, (laughs) lungs, lungs and large intestine, lungs, the eliminator, cleaning system. They're the organs, lung and large intestine are the organs in traditional Chinese medicine that are associated with this season and grief and gratitude. The large intestine takes water, the clean water out of all our digestive uh, fluids. In our small intestine, it's just it's called chyme. It's just all fluids in there. And uh, it's really this like mucky muck. And then in the large intestine, the large intestine pulls out the water. The lungs pull out the oxygen of the breath, right? Now, of course, sometimes other things come along with that. Ah. <sighs> just like feeling the truth of that, you know, just like sometimes we go to take in the essence and like we take in more than just the essence. And yet it's also the place where we eliminate. It's also the place where we let it go. And so we exhale out that which we don't need. We literally shit out that which we don't need excrement, we let it go. That's what we don't need. And so we take in the essentials and we let go what we don't need. And so coughing or lung tenderness, uh, clearing, uh, large intestine um, movements, either like constipation or diarrhea or inconsistency, these all can be very commonly uh, associated not strictly, but often associated with, with, our, with our grieving or acknowledging, our letting go, our letting in of the essence and our letting go of that which we don't need right now. You know, sometimes we let go of things that, um, that like on another day we would keep. Sometimes it's important. The digestive system knows that. A really healthy, optimal digestive system is gonna take what's needed today and then let the rest go. Like take it. It's like, oh yeah, that look, that's good. That's good. Yeah, it's like take that take that, you know. But it's like if you're full up on vitamin C, the body's like, We're good. And then you let go of the rest of it. And there are certain things, this is like a whole like nutrition thing, there are certain things that the body, it's much easier, water soluble things, much easier for the body to just like shoop, like let it out um, versus things that really are build up for instance, iron, right? So iron can be more difficult. Heavy metals can be more difficult to just let go of, though we can. We can take things in that help lift the load and let it go. What I love about talking about these things, it's like, did she stop talking about the emotions of grief? And it's like, did I? No, right? Maybe in subject line, but not in content. So taking in the essence, letting go of what we don't need right now. That is courageous. That is our nature. It takes effort for us to hold on to things that we don't need. It takes effort for you to keep holding on to the things that you don't need. It takes effort, Sophia, to keep holding on to the things that you don't need. Ideas, items, physical objects, people. Relationships, behavioral patterns. It takes effort. The winds of change, the breath of life, the seasons, the cycles, the flow, the pulse of our center star, this sun, right? Like this moves things. And so the things that are not fitting and aligned are getting bumped. They're getting bumped. And so that's the gift of the life we're in. They're getting bumped so that you can let them go. And they're getting bumped so they can loosen their grip. And when things are aligned and they get bumped, you may feel the bump. Like you may still feel the contact. And like this is that discerning, right? Because there are some things that get bumped and you go, oh, this stays here. Right. Sometimes they're way out on the edges because we were told not to keep them. Right. So the image that comes to mind for me, I see myself sitting and I see it's just um it could be anything. I'm just I'm just kind of seeing like a like a feather. I'm seeing a pink feather. And so like a pink feather that's like um kind of pressed against my chest, right? And it's like it's really It's a flamingo feather and it's nourishing my collective feeling and my diligence and my patience and my balance. And it's, it's really there. I'm like really with this flamingo, right? And then, and that's, and so when it gets bumped, it's, it's staying with me. And then there's this flamingo feather that's like way out on the edges and like it keeps getting bumped, but it keeps coming back because there's a magnetism. There's a truth to it. And so it's like as much as I tried to bury it under a pile of shame or as much as I tried to ignore it and go, oh, no, 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 that's not my, pants, not my pink feather. <laughs> no, no, no. Could you imagine me having a pink feather? <laughs> no way, right? So like we do all these things, right? We like deny parts of ourselves and yet they don't go away, right? So I think of this sometimes as like our, our wisdom is infinite and will not give up on us. And so the true things will remain. The true things will remain. The, the truth of what works for your being will remain. And the truth of what does not work will continue to reveal itself, will continue to reveal itself. And more often than not, will every round it gets, get louder to tell you how much it doesn't work. Hmm. I was talking about body. So there's an aspect of grieving that I want to talk about. I want to share with you. I want to share a couple um, techniques that I use when I'm feeling grief. Because one of the things about grief, one of the things about feelings in general, right, is like they're very compelling. Like we really need to do something about them. And um, sometimes we do. That's true. That they're information. And that information can translate into Uh, action taken, a change of an agreement, or uh, a different engagement with the material world. Often the feeling itself is its own digestive system, its own cognitive system, it's its own wisdom system. And so it's actually most effective, and most, I'm going to lean into that right now, for the purposes, I'm sure you could Kind of, there's. I I myself could probably present a contrary approach, but we're going to say there's a very effective method, which is to let the mind or the context or the translation of the feeling, to let that sit way to the side. That's another intelligence system. Your emotional system is its own intelligence system, and it has a way of digesting, processing, and completing. And then at the completion of that, that will communicate and translate itself into changed action and changed thinking over and over again. I've seen it over and over and over again in young teenage boys in 20-year-old queers and 70-year-old women. It's over and over and over again. You let the emotions really process the way that they are designed to process and you will have a greater intelligence at the completion of that. So I want to share with you some of the things that can be really useful when you have decided, when you have noticed that you're having grief come up and you want to let the emotional body, the wisdom, um, the emotional wisdom body do its processing. And one is actually the wringing of hands. So I want you to think of... um, I just, it's just there. I just see, I see a a grandmother. I do. I see a grandmother on a porch. But it is, it's the squeezing and of alternating. So you can do it on one hand and then you can alternate it. But it's the wringing of hands. And so you're taking one hand and wringing out the other hand. And then taking the other hand and wringing out the other hand. And wringing out the hand. And to breathe deeply and to wring out the hands and allow the body to rock. So the focus is the wringing of the hands and then often there's this rock that will happen kind of low in the spine. And so I'm just going to send this through the airways to you. So there's this rocking happening in the lower of my hips. I'm running my thumb across the base of my palm. I'm squeezing the front fingers and the palm of one hand around the other hand, and I'm pulling down the fingers, pressing, squeezing, pulling, squeezing, pulling down the thumbs, pulling down the fingers. And I invite you to breathe and just explore what it is to just feel like the thing about wringing out the hands as opposed to massaging their hands is the is the rhythmic and the pull and the grip. One of the reasons this is such a powerful practice is because grief has this longing, this pull, this need to pull so close, pull so close to need comfort, to need compression, to need closeness, while at the same time, this letting go, this letting go, this letting go, this letting go. So the wringing of the hands is this squeezing and holding and this letting go. And so that's the rocking can really come in handy there too. So it's like the breathing, inhaling and exhaling. And with a good weep, it's really, it's 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 an old wise trick in the book. And it's powerful. And this can be a really powerful practice to do with someone else who's grieving when they're crying, to sit with them and to wring your hands with them to breathe and be with them, to let your eyes soften, to let your face soften, to let your heart open and just let the part of your being that says, I know, I know that heartache. I don't have to know that exact heartache to know heartache. And so ways for us to allow our emotional system to digest, it's very, very helpful it's one of the reasons it's group processing or group work is so effective is because we're designed, um, to keep up with each other, mirror neurons and, and pheromonal and like brain sinking entrainment. We have all of these ways in which we're designed to move as a collective. And so, um, it's really helpful actually people can process and and cognate often a very disruptive emotion by sitting with someone else who's very present with them and empathizing so they're activating and they're mirroring the upset but then they're digesting and reconciling it more quickly because they don't have the obstructions or the attachment and so the person who's in the turmoil in in subtle uh, like entrainment, energetic, biochemical, uh, physical cues, all of these things are picking up the the digestion. Okay, so as a really sensitive person, as a person who can get really overwhelmed by other people's emotions, because often we don't feel them as other people's, we we actually feel them actually through our body. It can also be really useful to do two things. One is I often imagine um, just sending the things that I'm feeling, like sending them to the source that's the most useful. So maybe that's back to that person and maybe it's not, but it's just like I know it's coming towards me and then I think of it like putting up a mirror or putting up like a like a shield so it bounces off. But with an intentionality as opposed to for a long time a lot of us just like throw up our hands and put up these like walls that are like don't get in here, you know. What is it to create barriers that are acknowledging and reflective and say I really and you know we can do this with our words. I see that you're really suffering and I I I wish like the comfort that will most comfort you. Like, I I want that for you. And I see you like I see you. Right. So to be in that place. So the other thing is to do that and to join people in it. So there's lots of different ways to do it. We can really just get in there with them and feel it and do it. If you're a person who gets lost in other people's feelings, then I I would say you have other skills that I would encourage you developing before you just add wringing hands. But in the meantime, it will help probably. Um, So wringing of hands. The other thing I want to offer is opening the grounding cord. Tammy Kent teaches that uh, holistic pelvic care. uh, She teaches that grief is heavy. It often feels heavy. And what I learned in the work the pelvic floor work is that when I open my grounding cord, I used to think it was just like a quarter, like a, like, like an inch and a half wide, you know, like a big, thick, heavy rope. And that was my grounding cord. And it dropped from above my head way down deep into the earth. And uh, learning pelvic floor work, Tammy would say, imagine yourself peeing outside. So I invite you to do that right now. Go ahead. Just imagine yourself squatting. There it goes, squatting and peeing outside. And what I felt in that moment was that grounding cord expanded, tailbone, sits bone to sits bone. It was, went from being, you know, an inch and a half to eight inches, 12 inches. And that became my grounding cord from a cord to a tunnel. So take a breath. Ah. <sighs> Allow that idea that this center cord in you isn't just this little tiny skinny thing, but this thing that runs the trunk of you and it runs down the inside of your thighs through your feet into the earth. It's this wide, spacious channel and you receive the nourishing energy from the earth from the bottom, and you receive the clearing and illuminating energy from the skies above, and they circulate in you, and you send energy down, and you send energy up, and it's this like, okay, so this is what's happening, this is wide channel. This can be very useful because when we come to the grief feeling, this heavy, heavy feeling, My offering, my teaching, my invitation for you is to open that wide channel up and then let the grief be heavy. Let the grief be heavy. It will sink down that cord to the earth. And as it leaves you lean into the perspective to the truth that that which is released is restored so letting it drop out of you and letting it be restored so that this heaviness in you becomes an offering to the earth it becomes a gift but not until you well, I mean, not until you let it go but it can be a gift in the meantime So this is the grounding. This is this opening of this wide channel. When we try to move our heavy, heavy grief down a little tiny straw, it often doesn't fit. So if you are uh, familiar, I'm going to make reference to a couple other things here that I have a full episode on. Episode 46, Four Major Tools for Optimizing a Healing Opportunity. I go into really talking about Like these skill sets. Um, So I really encourage you if this is feeling like, oh yeah, this would be really helpful right now to go ahead and give that episode a listen because everything that is in that episode is talking about really optimizing the opportunity of having a big feeling which is about allowing that emotional intelligence system to do its work. So making that wide grounding cord and then relaxing the physical body. So relaxing the jaw, making space in the joints, taking big breaths, softening the belly, softening the roof of the mouth, softening the eyes. All of these things will increase the sensation. They'll increase the feeling. The other thing that can come up while we're grieving is we'll want to say things um, that are sometimes out of time. Sometimes they're about a past experience and sometimes we want to say them in the present tense. A lot of the time when we're grieving, it sounds, it's not even words. It's just like, mm, mm," like this feeling that we know, right? Uh, And then there's the deep, there's the deep wail, the deep, deep, deep grieving wail. So the invitation to soften the throat, soften the mouth, to let the words, to let the sounds move. because what happens is it will come in waves. So they'll come in waves and then these big cut often these big sounds or these body movements, these aches will come through, and then they'll settle. Sometimes they'll settle for 30 seconds and then you'll have another big wave. Sometimes they'll settle for hours. It's just like whoosh and then you're like going about and there's kind of this heaviness that's like just kind of there and then it will come again. And so the invitation is to lean into the physical experience to focus and send breath to wherever in your body you feel it. Often um, belly aches, headaches, you know, the tension. One of the things that happens is that we are, we've been, many of us were culturally indoctrinated to contract around our feelings instead of feeling them. And so what creates in our bodies, so what that creates in our bodies is tension. It's like sounds, it's obvious, right? It's like, well, yeah, it's like we're gripping. So shoulder tension and neck tension easily turns into headaches, head tension headaches, um, belly tension, if we're holding our belly, it is, it is physically disruptive to our digestive system. So then we, it's easy for us to lose our appetites or we eat and digestion doesn't feel good. Um, sometimes it can be in our ankles or our knees. And if you pay attention, you can find that you're curling your toes. That's a big thing or, or lifting, um, it's like avoiding pressing your feet down towards the earth kind of sometimes when I'm really stressed I know I'm stressed because I walk on the sides of my feet it's like it's like I'm literally it's like I'm trying not to be here (laughs) I'm like oh come on babe so then I get to do the things that encourage me to be here I love a good grief ritual I love a good grief ritual and you know, one of the things that makes a good grief ritual is just about anything if you name it a grief ritual. So I really big believer that rituals are inherent to our nature, our creative nature. And any ritual that you've ever been part of came from someone's inspiration and a person who was inspired by the creative spirit, by the divine spirit. And so to remember that you are an exceptionally perfect candidate to receive that divine inspiration to create a ritual. And the things that I say a ritual uh, contain are an opening, a focused aspect, something or some things that address the intention of the Ritual and the and the and a, right and a closing. So the three things an opening, addressing of the intention for the ritual, and a closing. So openings, you know, lighting a candle. Saying a prayer out loud. I don't know if you know this about me, but I love to talk, so I'm a big out loud um, uh, processor. And I'll do that just by myself. I'll light a candle at my altar, and I will have a. I'll have a conversation. I have conversations with myself in the mirror, like very close up, like really making eye contact with myself, because that's a really powerful way for me to digest information. Uh, the other thing I'll do is write. So a really powerful way to open is to sing a song, to do a physical act. So this is where lighting a candle, lighting incense, bringing flowers and making an offering, making some sort of offering can be a very supportive way to initiate ritual or sacred or intentional space. So to do a thing, and it can be really simple, you know, uh, you can go take a walk and go to the river you can do this, you know, as I do this in the city, I go to the river and, um, and I, you know, throw a flower or flow, throw some powder. Um, I have flower powder. (laughs) That's real. (laughs) I have, um, powdered, uh, petals that I carry with me as offerings. And so, you know, it can be a stick. It can, you know, it can be as like, kind of like wildly mundane it can be a song you can just say it that opening of like hi river I came here to do a ritual for my grief there's your opening and then you do a thing right or you can go and throw a flower and light a candle and sing a song and call on your ancestors and give thanks to the spirits of the land and honor the indigenous people and the lineages that came before you, know, you can do all of those things i find all of those things to be incredibly nourishing and and help me show up to what i'm what i'm asking for and then the ritual part the not the ritual part and then the addressing your intention so A lot of us, since we're learning how to grieve, uh, activities that can help us connect to that grief can be really useful. So I have a writing based ritual that's writing prompts um, to help connect and address with like what is what's the grief that's coming up for you and I have a seasonally based one that's around transformation when like you just have a lot of change happening Um, so I'll include the links for those two writing based so you can just write you can free write or you could do writing prompts you can speak aloud you can dance you can sing a song if you're missing someone someone that is in physical form, maybe someone that you talk to, maybe someone that you don't talk to. Um, Or if you're missing someone or grieving someone that's no longer walking on the earth, like earth side, um, then I still encourage you to speak to them inside ritual space that can be really powerful. And the other aspect of this season that we're in right now, people refer to it as the veil being thin. This is where... It's a powerful time to commune with our ancestors. So to take the time to call on the ancestors or inside the space to speak directly to them, to write to them, to sing or make an offering for them. So you can do things abstractly in honor of them. And that's a very powerful practice. And you can also do things directly to them. You can speak to them, listen to them make an offering for them specifically, open and become available to receive any gifts or messages from them, right? So a giving and a listening, okay? So sing, speak, sit still, <sighs> be um, creative. I mean, here's the other thing, right? It's like, and you I try like whatever you're coming up with if the thing that just crossed your mind just feels like oh she didn't say any of those things I'm like no no no. do that thing do that thing if you're like I want to I have all these old cards I'm going through my storage unit again it's a fun part of my life no it really is though it's a really it's a powerful process but it's like I just came across all of the cards that I've kept for my entire life and uh and uh you know so what came to mind right now is like, it's like I could take all of those cards and I'm going to read them out loud and then I'm going to cut them in half and I'm going to burn one half and then I'm going to soak the other half and then I'm going to mash them up and I'm going to make it into a pa- like a paper and then on that paper, I'm going to like write gratitudes for everyone who ever loved me and supported me. And then I'm going to put that piece of... Um, handmade paper and gratitudes on my altar right I just made that up right now like you know and so it's like and I did all I did was like play a little improv game with myself of saying yes and so that's what I invite you to do when you think about this when you have something you have like a person in mind and like a flash of something so it's like my grandfather and I see these flowers and I just have this feeling around like carrots and it's like okay so like What do you want to do with those things? Whatever you do with those things, if you bring that intention of tending and acknowledging and being in healing, it, it works. This is the, this is the news. And I feel like the thing is like, it's not even news to you. Like you already know this. I just get to be a confirmation of you knowing this. And if you've been wondering if you can have the permission to do the thing or if it's going to work, you got it. It's going to work. And, uh, Feel free to like hit me up on Instagram if you have any ideas or questions or uh, post if you do any rituals or do any work and you want to uh, take pictures and and tag me in it and show me your your work. I would be a total delight. And then in closing, so I like to do a closing that in some way mirrors my opening. So if I did a really like kind of casual opening, I might make sure I at least balance out that casual opening piece. Um, Though I might feel more inspired to do something bigger at the end of it. I've like dropped into the space more. And by bigger, I mean like, I say a thing like, okay, I'm here. And at the end, I'm like, okay, I'm going to sing a song in closing and then say thank you. Or I'm going to make another offering. Um, And I really encourage people to make offerings when we're doing sacred space work it's very powerful and an offering is about giving something that you feel like it's an offering when it tugs on you a little bit like you can feel it so like if somebody when I think about making an offering of money it's like it's like to make it an offering that's like really an offering from you it's an amount of money that you like feel of just being like oh okay yeah that's like a thing and an offering is not meant to be injurious it's not meant to be because it's it, it's not uh, I encourage you to be mindful of making choices that feel uh, that create debt or uh, a sense of being owed because that's not an offering either so if it's if it hurts you, or if it uh, depletes you in a way that feels hmm, too far, then it's too far. It's just that amount. It's just what it is. Um, and so, uh, so it you know, learning how to make offerings is really a process of knowing yourself and knowing what you have to give what is that you can give of yourself so that you feel it so that it's it's really you've offered you've given something you've offered something and it's it has a it has a like a a meat to it or a weight to it or a, a water to it right it has an element to it that's real that's like that has a pranic and uh, a life force element to it and uh and yet, it leaves you well and intact and whole. So offerings can be, you can make anything an offering. You can make a behavioral shift, can be like, I will do this thing or I will not do this thing. Um, singing a song, flowers are like tried and true. Um you know, this is one of those things where it's like when I invite people to do it, make an offering, what comes to people's hearts and minds are always so much more beautiful than when I could like sit here and be like, uh, um, there's just, is it just like is what it is, what it is. So I invite you to, to close I'll make offerings all day. That's like, it really works for me. It's like a habit I got into and, and, and lean into it. I w- would encourage you at the completion to say, thank you, to say, thank you. To make an offering that feels right, um, to acknowledge those that you called to you. And sometimes the closing, sometimes the opening can be like long and take like five minutes or 20 minutes or, you know, have like all of these elements in the closing. It's just like a deep stillness because you've experienced the completion. And so then it's really a moment of acknowledgement and then, you know, addressing anything that feels like it needs to be addressed. And then that's it. And then you just go and live your life that's just what it is and then you just like go and make a cup of tea or watch your favorite tv show with a love or you know call someone back that you missed while your phone was on silent or go for a run or go to bed early or it's just like and then it's just what and then you just like then you just live your life like that's the thing that's the thing about it it's like you take the time and it's one of those things where it's like it can feel like oh that'll take like 20 minutes, or that'll take 45 minutes, or that'll take three hours. Like if I do all the things that I want to do, that'll take all night, you know? And what I can say is the ROI, the return on investment of intentional ritual space is top-notch. It's top-notch. The more you put into it, you will get that back to you, and you will get that back to you in clarity, in energy, in focus, in availability. It is one of those things that, especially grief, addressing your grief will always take less time out of your life and less cost and impact out of your life than not. Always. Because it's heavy and it drags and it's a lot. And so if you just drag it around, it's an immeasurable loss of life force. And if you stop and take care, it's magnificent. One of the things that it also does is it turns something that's so wretched into something beautiful. And maybe your grief isn't wretched, right? And it, one of the things that it can do is take something that is feeling just unbearable and make it something gorgeous, just stunning because presence and breath. Because when we clear our channels, our grief channels are the same as our appreciation channels. It's how we, it's our acknowledgement channels. It's our gratitude channels in our body. And I'm talking like energetically, our pathways, and I'm also talking like biochemically, like our ability to let that flow is in direct proportion to our ability of letting love and appreciation, and enjoyment flow. That's the deal. So if you're feeling like you want more joy, take care of your grief. Take care of it. All it needs from you is some time and space. Recognize that your time and space is your greatest offering. Always. No other bells and whistles needed. Sometimes you can make shift a whole day with three minutes of focused time and space. Okay. That's our that's our zone for the day. I love you. I appreciate you. I bless your grief. I bless your channels. I bless your walk and your life. If you want it, take it. If you don't, it'll just pass on by. I just wish you the best. Happy New Year if you celebrate. And I just, it's a Jewish New Year. And, you know, there are so many traditions that are walking with their ancestors right now that are communing with their past self and their future self. And so maybe that'll be my closing note on this, which is that when you go into these spaces, let time be bendy and let what wants to be healed come forward and give that attention Give it loving, unconditional, loving attention. All right. Okay. I could keep going and going, and I will. I look forward to talking to you next time. Uh, If you want to stay in touch, come check out my website. Join my email list. Find me on Instagram. And uh, I look forward to connecting with you when the time is right. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much. And thank you, Sam. Thank you, Sophia. <laughs> Remember, everything that we talked about in today's episode will be in the show notes. So go there for links. For more content that you're going to love, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe to this podcast. Share this episode with anybody you think you'll enjoy it. And share the love with a rate or a review wherever you listen. And to find out about all the mad adventures I'm up to, check me out on Instagram at Sophia Wise One uh, or come to my website, sophiawiseone.com. I am Sophia Wise One, daughter of the wind. I am calling you to rise up, rise up, rise up, rise up and take your place. Thank you, Gorgeous. I am thrilled and grateful for your support listening to this podcast. I want to invite you to come check out the Patreon. If you think this podcast is the beast news and you're grateful that it exists, I want you to know I'm grateful that you exist. Come join the Patreon. I call it the temple. We are healing. We are musicking. We are podcasting. We are together. Come check it out. You can find it through Patreon. Backslash Sophia Wise One or through my website, SophiaWise One dot com. Oh. <laughs> Y'all know you need to hear that though. You know. If you don't, don't know. know, now you know. If you don't know. You okay. Don't know. Yo, I'm so excited about Vagina Talks right now. Don't pretend like you don't know this is the best podcast you've ever listened to. Don't pretend like you don't know. You know.